Welcome to Nye's Notes. I'm Jerry Nye, the Bible Guy. Going to continue a series that we started, Enemies of the Church. The first one was false doctrine. The second enemy we talked about was emotionalism. Now number three, third enemy of the church is pragmatism. Well, people say, what in the world is that big long word? Here's a simple definition. To take action based on what seems to work the best. I'll say it again. To take action on what seems to work the best. When used in the subject of a church, We'll find out what works the best in church for attendance to meet the goals of the ministry. And the problem is, too many churches, the goals are just numbers, big numbers. In the secular world, that's acceptable. In education, teachers find out what keeps the students' attention, helps them to learn. In advertising, sales find out what works best, sells the product. In health, what meds work the quickest with the least side effects. In sports, what works the best to win, the best lineup, the best plays. When it comes to church and our spiritual life, pragmatism is not the answer. Pragmatism is an enemy of the church. Many churches embrace a pragmatic philosophy against the results. The results that they want is numbers. What works best, regardless of scripture? They believe the end justifies the means. This thinking is opposed to the Word of God. Everyone in every realm of life wants to be successful. Nothing wrong with that. Churches want to be big and successful. Nothing wrong with that. The difference comes when we rely on different methods to reach that goal and creates a problem. To be obedient to God is more important than just being successful in the eyes of man. Let me say that again. To be obedient to God is more important than being successful in the eyes of man. Now here's some examples of uh, pragmatic thinking. In 1 Samuel 15, Samuel told Saul what to do. Take no prisoners. Saul disobeyed. He spared the king and the best of the flock, the herds. Saul said, we saved the best to sacrifice to God, to use him as animal sacrifice. He said, my plan was better. Saul thought he had a better plan. That's pragmatic thinking. Verse 22 and verse 23, his days as king were numbered because of disobedience. Wrong thinking. In 2 Samuel 6, we have a new cart for the ark. David wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. Ah, let's make a new cart. A better way. Easier to make a new cart for them for the priest to carry it. But God gave instructions how to carry the ark. The priests were always to carry the ark. Not a cart. But this is a better plan. Pragmatic thinking. It cost Uzziah his life. He touched it and he died. Oh, they thought the cart would be better. They thought it would be easier. Makes more sense. Here's some examples of not giving in to pragmatism. In Jeremiah chapter 20, Jeremiah was preaching an unpopular message. Jeremiah obeyed the Lord and preached what he was told to preach, not his own. He was despised. Not many people listened to him. Hated and ridiculed. He could have avoided all that trouble with his own message. Easy listening. Tickle their ears. That would have been pragmatism and disobedience. Jeremiah didn't fall for that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul's method of evangelism and church planning was the greatest method there is. Paul told the Thessalonian church that he came to preach the gospel without trickery, without any gimmicks. Oh, he could have had a bigger crowd and a greater following in alluring people with giveaways and catchy deceit. He didn't do that. Paul knew what God came to do, simply proclaim the truth of the gospel, and the Holy Spirit would convict the hearts of men. No pragmatism needed here. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John were threatened. Peter preached his second sermon. His first sermon, 3,000 were saved. His second one there, 5,000 were saved. And Peter and John were arrested. 
They were forbidden to preach in Jesus' name. Oh, they couldn't hold their peace. They say, better to obey God than man. They could have kept silent and had no more trouble. But they refused to take a pragmatic approach to their ministry. They continued to preach Christ. Acts chapter 5, they were threatened again. <laughs> arrested again, still preaching. Don't take the easy road. Here's some problems with pragmatism. Number one, a misunderstanding of what success is. Man's goals and definition of success are different from God's. I don't believe God has big churches and little churches. I've said that so many times. I believe God sees churches in His will or not in His will. Most churches define success in terms of numbers. Some define success like how much influence the church has or how much approval we have in the community, acceptance in the area, political clout, what works best, what's easier, what's popular. None of these constitute biblical success. Churches attempt to reach goals through a pragmatic means never will please God. Pragmatism results in disobedience to God. God doesn't require success. God requires faithfulness. The word success is only found one place in the Bible, and I'm going to read the verse. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt have make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The only place. Faith. Faithful is found in the Bible 80 times. The word faithfulness 22 times. Faith 234 times. When we use any form of pragmatism to be successful, we're out of order with God. Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts and your thoughts. Always go God's way. Not what may seem the best, the easiest, or the most popular. You know, many, many years ago, big churches had a bus ministry, so the smaller churches followed suit. Not because they wanted his community, it's just what the big churches were doing. What is God's way? Micah chapter 6, verse 6, let me read. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings and with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Verse 8. And he hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Let me read that part of the verse again. What's the, what's the Lord require? To, be, to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. God's way is a relationship based on righteousness, obedience, and truth. We are imputed with his righteousness when we got saved. That's another study that I've done, the doctrine of imputation. Righteousness, obedience, and truth. No new thing under the sun. He didn't want all their empty sacrifices. Hey, God's not impressed with man's wisdom. He's not impressed with knowledge, man's plans. Many young men out of college trying to find new ways, new methods, new things to do. Colossians 2.6 As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, 
after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. The rudiments of the world talk about pragmatic thinking. Vain deceit. People have been spoiled through philosophy. God's way is to continue in faith and the word of God, not being spoiled, but pragmatic thinking. Simple obedience. In closing out this segment, I'm going to read a couple portions of scripture here. I'm reading 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 through verse 17. But continue out in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. What a great verse that is. Word of God is profitable for doctrine that tells us what's right, for reproof tells us what's wrong, for correction tells us how to get right, for instruction and in right tells us how to stay right. Let me read Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Having itching ears, that's what people are looking for today. They don't want to hear the truth. You see these, these churches in big, big buildings, big coliseums full of people. Look at the message. They're not preaching against sin. The church will want to replace doctrine with pragmatic substitutes, skits and plays and dramas and very little preaching. Be careful. Find out what works to get the attention of the people. No, that's not it. God's way is to keep preaching the truth. I just read that first, Second Timothy 4, 2. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Preach when they like it. Preach when they don't like it. Preach when the sun's shining. Preach when it's raining. Just preach the word of God. We're not called to find new ways to get people in church or change their lives. Preach the word of God. Faithfulness and obedience. It's God's way. Not success. It's God's requirement. Just be faithful. Pragmatism is the enemy of the church. Keep on preaching with God's simple plan. What is God's simple plan? Preach the word, teach the word, live the word. This is success, not numbers. Well, if you enjoyed this segment, friend, why don't you punch that little subscribe button and share it with other people. Until next time, this is Jerry and I, the Bible Guy.